I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the John and Ken Show. John Cobell, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, well, uh, now we got some text messages to take a look at in this uh, whole story involving a former aide to Mayor Eric Yoga Pants Garcetti. Of course, his nomination to be ambassador to India is certainly in question now, particularly since he has said time and time again, even under oath, he did not witness, nor did he know about, the sex harassment by this former aide, Rick Jacobs. But when you hear what was in these text messages and what one former top aide said about not wanting to bring Eric down. I don't want to bring Eric down. I just love Eric. Eric, Eric. Eric is so wonderful. He's just such a lovely man. I can't bring him down. What are you, what a cult? What the hell? What do you, you make uh, animal sacrifices uh, to the Eric Arcetti altar? What's going on? Right now, we're going to go to Kern County and talk to the mayor of the city of Taft. His name is Dave Knorr, and he's in the news because Kern County, along with the Western States Petroleum Association, have sued Gavin Newsom, causing harm to people in the county who depend on Kern County's 76 active oil fields to earn a living. And of course, this all has to deal with actions that Newsom has taken in the guise of climate change yeah. policy and making right. us carbon free. Yeah. So and now we're really suffering at the hands of the Russian oil import right. ban. And and the bottom line you have to remember throughout this discussion is uh if we can we can uh get the oil and gas made here or we can buy it from Russia. But it's the same amount of gas that's going to be gonna burned. We're going to have to have it, right. It's going the same amount of gas that's burned into the atmosphere. We're not saving anything by doing it here except putting thousands of people out of work in Kern County. But let's get uh, David Noron because he's living through this, uh, the mayor of Taft. Dave, how are you? I'm doing quite well, sir. How are you doing today? Well, it's good, good to have you on. Explain what happened in 2019, Kern County by far produces most of the oil and gas that comes out of the ground in California, and then a lot of it got shut down because of Newsom. What happened? 
Well, it did indeed. I mean, Gavin Newsom decided all on his own that he was going to eliminate hydrocarbons wholesale from uh, the state of California. Now, nobody has ever said we don't want to share and enjoy the benefits of oil and gas and petrochemicals every single day of our lives because that would be ridiculous because it would shorten their lives. But uh, Gavin Newsom got on his on his high horse and then uh, just in and of himself decided to ignore the science, ignore the benefits. And instead of weaning California from hydrocarbons for the benefits that we all need, he just thought it'd be a better idea to import those hydrocarbons from other countries where they disregard human rights and they disregard the environment. And he was going to shut it down right here in the state of California, eliminate the jobs, ignore the economic benefit of producing them, as well as the fact that we produce it cleaner and better than any country on the face of the earth. You know, you know something? I'm glad you said that because it's so wildly overlooked. The reason so many jobs are sent to China and the reason we rely on Saudi Arabia or Russian oil rather than here is these companies would rather be in another country where they don't have to follow any environmental laws or any employee rights laws. That's why, you know, you have kids working in slave labor in China. It just boggles my mind that Newsom has never been called on this nonsense, that it's the same well, amount of oil is... being burned, and it's being being uh, drilled for in a far more environmentally harmful way. Absolutely. And, and you know what? That is the hypocrisy. That is the NIMBY attitude, not in my backyard attitude, of Gavin Newsom. Uh, you talk about where our oil comes from. As a matter of fact, last year, the bulk of the oil imported in the state of California came from Ecuador. Now, in Ecuador, it's produced through contract with the NOC, the National Oil Company, by the Chinese, the fine folks who brought us things like the pandemic, uh, genocide, so we could have cheap solar panels on our roofs, and fentanyl, all wonderful things for our society right here in the state of California. That's a, it's a, a great way to formulate that there. So, um, so in 2019, Newsom said we're going to phase out oil production in California. How many jobs have gone dormant since then? Well, we have lost thousands of jobs in the Kern County area in the San Joaquin Valley. Because like you said, we, we in Kern County, we produce over 70% of all the oil produced in the state of California. And when you're, when you're not drilling, which is basically the foundation for an oil reservoir, it's kind of like building a house. You've got to have a foundation to get things started. And most of the drilling that we're talking about, guys, is in-field drilling. We're not talking about wildcatting, and we're not talking about, you know, going into the Anwar, and we're not talking about going into Yosemite National Park and wildcatting. We're talking about in-field drilling, drilling of established oil fields and just being able to manage the reservoir by continuing to remove recoverable reserves in a very methodical and scientific-based manner. So uh, it's, it's the best way to do things, especially with legacy oil fields, which is what Kern County has for the most part. Uh, you, you still have uh, a lot of oil underground after all these years? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Kern County is, we're home to three uh, billion barrel oil fields, and they're 
have been calculations that suggest we still have a billion plus barrels of recoverable oil right here in Kern County, along with over a trillion cubic feet of gas. And that's utilizing current science. We only get better at what we do as long as we're given an opportunity to do it. And I think that is true for just about everything you think about your own lives. So uh, we just get better at it. And our goal is to remove what is in place for the betterment of Californians and national security, for heaven's sakes. Because like you say, when we import oil, we, we enrich and we embolden people who hate us. Yeah. People who are guilty of a, atrocious crimes against their own people or other people and, and people who don't care about the environment, like I- the destruction of the Amazon rainforest in order for the Chinese to sell Californians oil so we can wave a gold green flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how's I that mean, for upside down? Every every dollar we spend on Russian oil goes to kill Ukrainians. That's how he finances go. the whole the whole war effort. It, it, it's shocking to me that people in this state don't get that. And the only way to lower gas prices, the only way is to increase the supply. And we've got a lot of supply that we could be uh, pumping out of the ground. It, it's It's insane. We- it's the worst, most insane policy imaginable. It is, and it's damaging to everybody. One of the great ironies, too, is uh, their their current iteration is that oil and gas production disproportionately negatively affects people of color or the poor. Well, let me tell you, I have been in this industry for four decades. I have never worked with a more diverse group of professionals in the industry than I am today. Men, women, uh, LBGTQ, Every national origin you can imagine, every color, every creed, working side by side to do a job, working, making good money, supporting families, second chancers, you name it, all of them have an opportunity within this industry. And to remove that opportunity and instead enrich in those people who hate us and work very, very hard to bring this country down makes no sense. As a matter of fact, they call it the just transition, but the the gist of it is that it makes absolutely no sense. All right, what's what's the lawsuit about? Federal lawsuit, right? The federal lawsuit basically says that through his actions, without the legislature, because uh, he loves executive orders and everybody knows that, through his actions, he's making it virtually impossible for these companies to retrieve something that they have paid for. They were given permits at one point in time. Okay, here's your permits. Go get your oil out of your reservoir. They have paid the taxes and all of the above. And then arbitrarily, uh, without scientific cause, he's basically saying, no, I've changed my mind. You can't You can't do that. You can't get it. And what are the odds that this uh, lawsuit is going to be successful? Well, it's actually happened in the past because it's no different than the government coming and taking your house without cause. It's private property, and it has merit in the courts. It's a very unfortunate circumstance that it's going to have to end up there costing all the money because, like I say, you, you pay taxes on, on your reservoir, the value of your reservoir, as well as recoverable reserves. Well, if you're paying those taxes year after year after year, and then all of a sudden, because of an arbitrary change in Gavin Newsom's mind, and he makes the claim his bias is consistent. Well, he is consistently biased for certain. But if all of a sudden you can no longer recover those reserves you've been paying taxes on, somebody owes you some money back. 
All right, Dave, it was good to talk with you. We appreciate you coming on. We wish you luck. And as the suit progresses, let us know. All right, we'll do it. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. Have a good day. All right, that's Dave Knorr. He's the mayor of the city of Taft up in Kern County, also a longtime oilman. And, of course, they have sued Gavin Newsom over not being able to get any more of that oil that California so desperately needs locally. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show. John Cobelt, Ken Shampoo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we were just talking to the mayor of Taft, California, up in western Kern County. Uh, his name is Dave Knorr. He's an oilman and a mayor. But, you know, I think that conversation and what it's all about tells you everything you need to know about the idiocy of California politics. This is all about the altar of carbon-neutral climate change. In other words, we're happy to import millions of barrels a day of oil that makes our driving very costly at great expense. And yet, as we found out in 2019, Newsom just said, that's it. You're not going to do drilling. They have denied most new permits to hydraulic fracturing, too. Um, it's, it's like being ruled by a religious be, cult. Because we're going carbon neutral, but we can't. You look around, people still have to drive. They still have to get to work. And they're still mostly driving gas-powered vehicles, by far. 95% of the people in California are driving gas-powered vehicles. 98% for the country as a whole. This electric vehicle revolution never happened, is not happening. So it's like a fairy tale and magic. You just believe, okay, if we make you stop pumping any oil out of the ground in California, I'm sure the oil use in the state will drop. It will not. No. So we're we're buying from Russia, and, and, and they have to ship the oil to California from Russia. Uh, big cargo ships. Now, can you imagine the pollution from that? I, I, I don't understand a, a gallon of gas that comes from Russia or, or Bakersfield burns exactly the same way, produces the same amount of carbon into the air. And whatever carbon goes into the air from drilling in Bakersfield goes into the air from drilling in Russia. And then you have the extra carbon because you got to transport it from Russia to here. So it puts more carbon in the air to do that. More. What a stupid policy. What an absolutely asinine, stupid policy. They can't defend it. So three years ago, Kern County was the top oil producing county in the state. 119 million barrels of oil. In 2020, the most recent available, it had dropped to 103 million, I'm sure. Now, here in 2022, it's even much lower. But has the state's demand for oil dropped measurably? No. That's the horrible disconnect and the reason that we're being sacrificed. Because, you know, somebody like Newsom wants to make a point that we're going to go carbon neutral because I say so. No, you're not saying so. It's not happening. To appease his silly, foolish donors and fanatics who have no connection to reality at all. None. They're in a, in a weird, bizarro fantasy. Makes no sense. And it's costing you a lot of money. This affects your life. This isn't some uh, some arcane uh, political debate, some academic debate. This is real. You yeah. see it. It's 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 six, seven, eight bucks a gallon for gas. 
It's not that way in the other 48 states. Nope. It's because, again, they want you to switch over to something else. Just because. That could be a 25-year process if it happens at all. But, but the thing is, the rest of the country is not going to switch over. They're, and in fact, most people here will never switch over. Not in their lifetimes. No matter how many mandates the governor insists on. The, the technology isn't there yet. Not at an affordable price or in a convenient manner. It is simply not there. And yeah. we, we don't have an electric grid to handle it anyway. It is complete fiction, fantasy, fairy tale stuff. It's just... They just believe if they take it away from you, then you'll give it up. So if they drop California oil production down to zero, suddenly we're all going to stop using oil? No, people will just it's not move. not going to happen. No, if you get $10, $12 a gallon of gas, people are just going to leave. Well, why not go to a state where they'll leave you alone? We could fill up for a reasonable price and, and not have to put up with this nonsense. I mean, it, I, I mean, mentioned at so, the top of the show that oil gas prices are coming down. Most of the rest of the country, they're not in California. And it's for reasons like this that they're not. And there's no benefit to the climate. None. Zero. The earth well, hasn't cooled. No, the, the overall climate is barely affected by anything California does. Yeah, we're too tiny. We're I, like I, less than what something one tenth of one percent of the emissions, or something like that. Or remember well, that I mean, we're we're, we're we're forty billion people out of eight billion. I, I mean, that is such an extremely tiny percentage. That, you know, I understand most people can't do math, right? Right. I mean, uh, you know, well, well, let's see, what's one percent of eight billion? That'd be eighty million. So we're about one half of 1% of the world's population, 0.5%. So if we all died tomorrow, I guess potentially we'd reduce the uh, our, our carbon output by uh, one half of 1% worldwide. Okay. All right. When we come back, Mayor Yoga Pants, will he ever get to India? His ambassadorship is certainly in jeopardy. Apparently, a number of texts have now surfaced, some from one of his former spokesholes, a woman by the name of Anna Barr. And wait till you hear how she tries to explain away what is allegedly in these texts concerning the uh, sexual harassment behavior of one of Garcetti's former top aides, Rick Jacobs. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show, John Cobell, Ken Shampoo, KFI. AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, about the time this show ends tomorrow night, will be another Los Angeles City Mayor's debate. This time, Rick Caruso is included. The businessman entered the race about a month ago, and he passed on the last debate, but he will be there for this Fox 11. It's a Channel 11 event with John's friend Alex Michelson, one of the moderators. I think it's from 6 to 7.30 tomorrow night, and we'll, of course, be taking a look at it on our show on Wednesday. Now, the current mayor is still the stooge. Eric Yoga Pants Garcetti, his nomination to be ambassador to India has been held up by a United States senator by the name of Chuck Grassley, a Republican. And uh, the El Segundo Times, I guess to its credit, continues to pick at some of the information around the story. And the reason for the holdup in the nomination is that there are doubts 
Mayor Garcetti's been telling the truth when he has said even under oath that he did not witness nor even hear about the continued sexual harassment of his former big gun top aide, Rick Jacobs. So the Times writers were able to view text messages that suggest a Garcetti spokeswoman may have been subjected to unwanted kisses and squeezes. Yeah, this is a new name for us in talking about this story. Anna Barr is her name. She's actually with the Bass campaign now, the Karen Bass oh, campaign. Well, well I, I looked her up, and she is with uh, uh, a company called Left Flank Strategies. Oh, boy. Uh, led by three top progressive strategists. And now, you, I thought progressives, this kind of harassment of women was very important to them, or of men well, in this it, case. It shows you that they're a bunch of phonies. Yes. Because Anna Barr, as you'll see, was afraid of bringing down Eric Garcetti. You see, so uh, having staff sexually abuse women and men is okay. Uh, and the, it's okay if the boss uh, condones it uh, because he's a progressive, too. So their 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 belief system is not real. It's opportunistic. It's a niche they can occupy to make money. Because when it comes down to their personal lives, nobody enforces the stuff they preach. All the me too times up crap is out the window. We don't want to hurt Eric. So the texts were written supposedly by Anna Barr. And another former Garcetti aide. The timeline is October 2020. It's coming to the Times from Greg Smith, who's the attorney for the former LAPD officer, Matthew Garza. He's the one that started all this with his suit against the city. He was the bodyguard for Garcetti. Many road trips, which Rick Jacobs was constantly sexually harassing him. And Garza says Garcetti was either there, knew about it, both, all of it. Uh, unwanted kisses and squeezes. Didn't want to speak up because she didn't want to bring down the mayor. And then, now these texts are real. There's questioning, no questioning the text. It seems yes. as if these texts came from the person that Anna Barr was communicating with, not Barr right. herself. And right. she said she remembered sending the messages, but couldn't find the message thread on her phone. And now she can't recall the kissing and the squeezing anymore and claims I was never sexually harass harassed by Rick Jacobs. Uh, One of her texts said, while I was never sexually harassed by Rick Jacobs, I knew people who were, and I found him to be an abusive boss. Um, this was a follow-up text message to the Times. Right, but in her original set of messages, she wrote about the unwanted kisses and squeezes. Right. And 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 she said... She I, says she couldn't find these messages in the thread in her phone. Though. Right, right. Well, yeah. conveniently, because I, I don't want to bring down Eric... Eric, Eric is so important to me. He, right. he represents so much, so many of the values that that I cherish, and we we can't have him go down over this. She said that uh, she had been dragged unwillingly into the Führer over Jacob's alleged conduct since the lawsuit was filed in July of 2020. I didn't. I don't want to be a part of that story that mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm a part of. Right. In other words, coward and hypocrite. She will not identify, or Smith will not identify, the former Garcetti aide who messaged with Barr. So we don't know who that is. Um, now, we've told you about Naomi Seligman, one of the former communication directors who uh, she and a, a law firm wrote a 31-page complaint about Garcetti covering all this up. And Barr said she told Seligman 
and another Garcetti spokeshole, Susie Emerling, about problems with Rick Jacobs. I told them about abusive behavior towards me in general, Rick being mean and a bad boss. But we also discussed his alleged behavior around sexual harassment of other people in the workplace. But Seligman and Emerling did nothing to address the situation. And they're denying that that Barr reported sexual harassment to them. Well, I, this is great to see them all feasting on each other. Yes, they're, they're all- now saying in new text, they're deeply saddened to hear that Anna Barr was sexually harassed and abused in Eric Garcetti's office like so many others. Uh, Barr acknowledged she didn't complain about Jacobs to her first supervisor, a guy by the name of Youssef Rob. I remember him. She recalled Jacobs yelling at her during that time, but Barr surmised she stayed silent because she was new at her job, had to keep her head down. I, I, I thought the uh, progressive uh, value is to fight bullying, fight sur- sexual harassment. No, not when it's you and your coworkers. Uh, it's for everybody else. You're supposed to embarrass, cancel, ostracize other people you don't like, but when it's going on in your office with Garcetti and Jacobs, I, I don't, I don't want to bring him down. Boy, they, See, she's a gold-plated phony. In the text messages, the person that this attorney, Greg Smith, identifies as Anna Barr, tells the unnamed former Garcetti staffer, he abused me and harassed me the whole time he worked in the mayor's office. The other person puts kiss on the lips, question mark? Yes, of course, Barr responded. Squeezes. After being, After being told you should reach out, Barr simply said no. I'm not getting in the mix, and I don't want to bring down Eric. Oh, can't you just vomit? Now she's a spokesman for Karen Bass's campaign, says she did not remember Jack- Jacobs ever kissing her on the lips. I did not remember. She what wrote about the it? squeezes? She- not in the way that I would think of as being sexual harassment towards me, no. She wrote it definitively in the text. I it's remember her- hugging Rick. It's her own words, and suddenly it's like, I don't remember, which is what they teach you in political hack school to say in depositions when you don't want to lie under oath. I don't remember. I I don't don't recall. recall. Asked about the crass comments that she said Jacobs made. I remember him making inappropriate jokes and comments, but I don't remember what specifically they were. Hmm. Asked for the reference to being abused and harassed. I think that I think it's important. I think that I think. I think think that that I think think it's important to note that it doesn't say anything about that being sexual abuse or harassment. I think that I think. (laughs) I'm not sure what I think, but I think that I think. There's a more more of a Maybe I think I don't think. Rick was a very difficult person to work for at times, and I think he did not always treat his employees with the respect or courtesy that they deserve, but it doesn't sound to me like I was referring to sexual abuse. Wow. So she's interpreting... Her own text words from a couple of years earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> Upon further consideration. Right. There, there's another guy. I mean, her text words were, he abused me and harassed me the whole time he worked in the mayor's office. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that seems pretty clear. She used the word abused and harassed. So they're, But now when I think about it, oh, maybe not. They, they all text each other and bitch to each other. They probably constantly went out for drinks after work. And everybody goes, oh, can you believe what Rick did today? Can you believe Rick Rick kissed me on the lips again? I think I got a little tongue this time. It's so disgusting. It's so gross. Well, why don't you tell Eric? No, no. Eric just watches and giggles. You know, he's he's like that. Barr was joined the mayor's office in 2015, held several roles, including speechwriter, deputy press secretary, left in 2019. Yeah. yeah. 
She's on the witness list, though, and says she will testify. Left. But I was a young woman just starting my career. I was afraid of making an enemy of a powerful person. Oh, I see. I thought that's what you got into politics for, to fight. Right. I mean, you're a progressive strategist. Shouldn't you be fighting it at your own desk? Or is that just to bring down your political opponents? It's just a weapon to bring down people you disagree with. That's all it is. At the end of the story, Garcetti weighs in. Barr was a highly talented professional. I'm deeply saddened to learn that Anna and others might have been treated this way while working at City Hall. I've always been committed to creating a safe, supportive environment for everyone on my team, (laughs) and that will always be a top priority. I never witnessed, nor was I made aware of, any of this behavior being described. What? So just keep lying. Yeah, just keep lying. It's in print. Still a lie. That's uh, what the Clintons do. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Johnny Ken Show, John Covell and Ken Shampo. I was looking up at that uh, Anna Barr's uh, resume. You know, the uh, formerly worked for Garcetti and didn't want to hurt him and report on all the sexual uh, insanity going on in the office. Get this. She worked for Bernie Sanders as the National Deputy Press Secretary. She worked for Garcetti. She worked as a journalist for the New York Times. I'm sure she was objective. She worked for the Rachel Maddow Show, the Huffington Post, and Ms. Magazine. Whoo! Can you? And now s- she's with Karen Bass. And now so. she's with Karen. Can you say insufferable hip- hypocrite? Ah! Uh, Don't want to well, hurt Eric. We thought you'd enjoy this. The Vice President Kamala Harris has now seen the tenth key staffer leave her office since last June. Her national security advisor is quitting. This seems a bit unprecedented. Everybody is fleeing the sinking ship. She's down to this, and we have some audio because we understand it's pretty laughable. Uh, She just went to Romania and Poland. They tried to give her a chance on the big stage, and that was a flop. So what'd they do with her today? She went to Sunset, Louisiana to talk about high-speed internet access. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't have that louisiana yet affordable and accessible oh wow that's that's interesting yeah they're always saying that there's a lot of rural areas that don't have any yeah. kind of high-speed internet yeah, maybe these and, people uh, should move to the big city then the uh so she apparently <laughs> i'm was... supposed to worry about that that's some some guy drunk in a trailer can't get his porno uh quickly enough she was touring a library with the governor John Bell Edwards, and, uh, well, she seems to get obsessed on a certain phrase. Let's hear this word salad. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Does anybody, she said the significance of the passage of time, I think five or six times in that 30 seconds. And I don't know, what does that mean? We did not alter that piece of audio that came out of her mouth today in Louisiana. Boy, she, uh, she's got a 
very low watt battery, doesn't she? I mean, there's just well, not- I was waiting to see what what is the point of the significance of the passage of time, and I couldn't, I still don't understand it. <laughs> Except when she mentions laying the wires for the high-speed internet, and then about about the the, the significance in your, I, in your children's daily life or something. Yeah, I, I think what she's trying to say is, well, why am I even doing? Well, this? Why are you doing this? I we have know. no idea what she's trying to say. She doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's something wrong in there. I mean, it just it happens almost every day now. There's something wrong. I mean, she's stoned. I don't know how anybody could be this. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's stoned. How is she just not making sense wherever she goes? Now they, they got her down to doing a uh, wireless, high-speed internet wireless. For rural people in Louisiana. Appearance. Who gives a crap? Uh, oh, even this story says she's having a hard time retaining employees in her communications department. Well, well, well who wants to be connected with this Hindenburg? You think that looks good on the resume? Oh, you were Kamala Harris's speechwriter. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, apparently they put out a tweet last week. The United States supports Ukraine in defense of the NATO alliance, which some people took to mean that Ukraine's a member of NATO and they're not. So they didn't understand. Apparently that got uh, removed, that tweet. They had to erase it. No, there's, there's something wrong. I don't think she's very bright at all. Well, we're not finding that out every time. I mean... I, I don't think so. I I think she uh, skated through for other reasons. You guys are bad. Yeah. Well. When we come back, we're going to talk to a Malibu woman by the name of Joanne Moscone. She was the subject of a story on Channel 2 slash Channel 9. She apparently had quite a scare, an attempted break-in at her home very recently. She says this has really caused her to wake up and decide she wants to rally people to fight back against the rising crime rates. She'll begin by telling us her story and what she wants to do with this horrible experience coming up next. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.